As I was thinking about this day, Father's Day, uh, thinking, well, I want to preach a message that'll help encourage our fathers. And first thought about Paul and Timothy and Titus, you know, because they were his sons of the faith and in the faith. And I said, well, I think I did that last year. And I thought, oh, where could I go? I go, Lord, you're just going to have to, whatever, just lay it on my heart what I should say. So he led me to Mark chapter 5. And you all know the story of Jairus. But there's some godly qualities in his life that I want to point out as fathers we can learn from Jairus. So turn your Bibles over there. And it's right at 11.30. Let's see. I probably can't get you out by noon. I probably can't get you out by 12.30. Maybe 1.15, Is that good with y'all? Huh? Everybody stand. No, I'm not scaring you. Hey, I'm doing you a favor. You're not going to get in a restaurant today. I'll just tell you. Amen. Uh, everybody and your brother is at the restaurant. Mark chapter 5, I want us to begin with verse 22. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed And she shall live. And Jesus went with him, and much people followed him and thronged him. Now jump over to verse 35. And while he yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said, Thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? And as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. And he suffered no man to follow him, save Peter and James and John, the brother of James. And he cometh to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and seeth the tumult, and them that wept and wailed greatly. And when he was come in, he said unto them, Why make ye this ado, and weep? The damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. But when he had put them all out, he taketh the father and the mother of the damsel and them that were with him and entereth in where the damsel was laying. And he took the damsel by the hand and said unto her, Talitha kumai, which is being interpreted, damsel, I say unto thee, arise. And straightway the damsel arose and walked, for she was of the age of twelve years, and they were astonished with a great astonishment. And the last verse in the chapter says, And he charged them straightly that no man should know it, and commanded something should be given her Let's pray. Father, I love you and praise you. Thank you for this day. Thank you for this opportunity and privilege to be in your house this morning.
And Heavenly Father, thank you for those that have come out, our members, our guests. And Lord, we thank you for the day that's been set aside to honor our fathers. And Lord, yes, we are so thankful for the fathers, Lord, that you've given us. And Lord, they've been good to us. They've instructed us, taken care of us. And Lord, some of our fathers have gone on to be with you. We also want to honor them today. But most of all, the greatest example of a father is you, our Heavenly Father, Lord. And Lord, we just uh, thank you for loving us, providing for us, caring for us, meeting our needs, always being their father. Thank you for that love, mercy, and grace. Give me the words to say to feed your people this morning. Encourage us as fathers. And, and Lord, my prayer is if there is a dad or a mom or a grandmother or a grandfather, aunt, uncle, boy, girl, there's someone in this service that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior. Invitations given after the message. May they respond to salvation before it's eternally too late. Be with those. It's our duty to pray for. Thank you again, Lord, for all you do. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Let's begin verse 22 again. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. First of all, he was a ruler. He wasn't a priest, but he was a ruler. He set up the synagogue for worship. That was his duty. And of course, it was a very elaborate job. It was a good job. Everybody knew who he was. Everybody respected him. He was known by everyone in town. And, you know, I'm glad that God has blessed us with the jobs that we have. And, and I'm thankful that, you know, He's given us and allowed us the opportunity and the ability to take care of our families. But I'm here to tell you, fathers, the number one job you and I have is not just to take care of our family and meet their physical and material needs. Now, there's a lot of fathers out there who will disagree with me, but listen... Our number one job is to be the spiritual leaders in the home and to make sure that our kids grow up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord and they come to know Christ as their Savior. And if you and I do that, then you know what? We have left a legacy and we have been successful at the job God has called us to do as a father. Amen? Amen? That's the truth. Now, notice he was a leader. But look at what it says in verse 23. And it says, uh, And besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. Now, here is a leader in the synagogue. And tragedy hits at home. I want to begin by saying, Tragedy doesn't care who you are or I am. Tragedy doesn't care if you go to church or not, if you pay your tithe check. Tragedy doesn't care. And I'll go ahead and say, 
you and I are going to face tragedy. We are going to face trials. I don't know, you know, the devil has sold a bill of goods. And people have swallowed his lie saying, you know what? You serve God, you'll never have another problem. And if you do, it's because God don't love you. He's a liar. Understand, here's a man who seems to have it all. You know anybody like that? Watch TV. Watch some of these quote-unquote movie stars. Look at some of our politicians. They think... People think they have the world by the tail. And yeah, they they have power. They have influence. They have money. But mark it down. They're susceptible just like you and I when it comes to death and sorrow and illness. And let me say this, and I won't charge you. Listen, religion will not help you when those things come our way. What we have to have is a relationship with Jesus Christ. Now here is Jairus. I don't know how he found out about Jesus. I'm sure he heard about Jesus. I'm sure being in the synagogue with the high priests and the Pharisees, you know, uh, Jesus wasn't very popular with them. So I'm sure he heard how bad Jesus was. But something entered his mind when it come to his daughter. And that's a good quality to have because fathers, our kids are a gift. And one thing I'm going to say in praise of Jairus, he didn't put his, his job or his position ahead of his family. I know fathers today that will do that very thing. They'll put their job, they'll even put their hobbies ahead of their family. But not Jairus. He loved his daughter. And I know you dads love your kids. Amen. I tell you what, there's nothing like them. It's a privilege. Now, will you all agree with me, dads? Sometimes we make bad decisions. Our parenting skills aren't always up to par. But you know what I've learned over the years? Even though I've made mistakes as a parent, you know what? That doesn't change the fact my love for my children, my grandchildren, and that, you know what? As long as I have the Lord to look to for guidance, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Now, the Bible says, and there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet. Let me just say this. First of all, Jairus has a daughter that's ill unto death. He leaves and he goes looking for Jesus. When's the last time you've looked for Jesus? Believe it or not, he's here. Believe it or not, he's all around. Amen? He's always near to those who seek him. Now, anyways, can you imagine? The Bible says there's a great crowd and he's trying to get to where Jesus is. And when he finally gets to Christ, the Bible says that he fell at 
his feet. Another godly quality for a father is humbleness. He fell at the feet of Jesus. Again, maybe he'd heard about the miracles. Maybe he'd even witnessed the miracles. I have no idea, but I know this. When he came to Jesus, he humbled himself. That's what we have to do, folk, is humble ourselves before the Lord. The Bible says, fell at his feet and besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. First thing, he come humbly. The next thing, he came in faith. How many of you believe it's faith? It's all faith. Amen? All faith. Notice what he says. Come, I pray thee, and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed. And look at this. It doesn't say she might be healed. She might live. Could live. It says she shall live. Beloved, he had faith. And he went to the only one that could help him. Everything was out and beyond his control. There was nothing he could do. He had to get his daughter to Jesus. And he had enough faith to know that if he could just get to the Lord, things would happen. That's faith. Wouldn't it be nice this morning if we learned it's all about Jesus? When we have a problem, when we are going through trials, when death has knocked on our door, wouldn't it be nice if we just recognized, let's get to Jesus. He is the answer. But everybody wants to go to Dr. Phil. Everybody wants to go to Oprah. Everybody wants to depend on man. Can I tell you something about man? Man will fail you every single time. The only one that never fails is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He's never failed me. He's never let me down. He's always been there. And you know what? I have just enough faith to know that whatever assails me, what comes or goes, what happens in my life, that the Lord will see me through. Jairus, praise God, he had faith. Now, it says, Jesus went with him. Aren't you glad God is in the saving business and the healing business? Aren't you glad that When you come to him, he doesn't just say, I'm too busy. I got other things going. No, he's never early. He's never late. He's always on time. And he's always there when we need him the most. Notice, Jesus went with him and much people followed him. 
and thronged him. Now, remember, Jairus doesn't know how long his daughter has. He just knows she's nigh to death. Death could come at any moment. Now, here's a big crowd. Jesus agrees to go with him. But here's a big crowd. And not only is the crowd big, there's a woman that has an issue of blood in that crowd. And she has a need. And guess what Jesus did? That's what he always does. He stopped right there and met that need. Now Jairus, the Bible doesn't say what Jairus thought or what Jairus spoke about during this time that he's dealing with this woman with the issue of blood. But understand, him being the father that he was, I'm sure he thought to himself, Lord, you can take care. She's had the issue 12 years. An hour ain't going to hurt her. Amen? Lord, we need to get down the road. I got to you first. Let's move. Come on, Lord. No. You know what Jairus did? He just kept his mouth shut, still believing and trusting in the Savior. How many of us have ever went through a trial and We've prayed, we've labored in prayer, and okay, my prayer and petition is before his throne. He's going to move, and we just kind of step back, look at our watch. Okay, Lord, come on. And we look at our watch again, and now it's the next day, and now it's a week. We think, he doesn't care. It must not be God's will because he's denied to answer our prayer. Understand something this morning. God is not on the same time frame you and me are on. Understand, just because you don't hear from him automatically doesn't mean he hasn't heard your prayer and that he's not going to answer your prayer. But we have to wait on him. That's where faith comes in. Amen? And can I say something about faith? A faith that is not tested is not faith. Y'all might want to write that down. A faith that is not tested is not faith. True faith will be tested. Now, he, Jesus deals with the lady with the issue of blood. Now, jump over to 35. And while he yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said, Thy daughter is dead. Now, had that been me, I would have probably been in the flesh, Brother Ciro, and said, Lord, do you see, by you dealing with this woman here with the issue, my daughter died. And I would have been 
out of my wits. My daughter, I just received word that my daughter has died. I've done all that I can to try to get Jesus, the one and only one that can help her, to her. But now I've got word that she's died. Could you imagine? Some of you in here have experienced that before where you've gotten word a child that you love and cherish has died. I can't even begin. I can't even fathom. But your world kind of came crashing down, didn't it? And it's normal. But listen to these words that Jesus spoke. Thy daughter's dead. Why trouble thou the master any further? Hey, it's over. She's dead. Don't bother the Lord anymore. And notice, and as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. Jairus, Don't listen to what they tell you. Don't listen to what you think you've heard or what you know. Believe. And beloved, that is who we have to turn to when our hour of trouble comes. And it's not if it's going to come, it's when it comes. Christ says, only believe. You say, well, Pastor John, I trusted the Lord, but my loved one went on. He went ahead and died. She died. Mama died. Grandpa died. Understand, they may have died physically, it's true, but they're more alive than we are. He's answered your prayer. They're alive. And the thing is, what I'm jealous of, they're with him. Only believe. And notice what he says. And he suffered no man to follow him save Peter, James, John, and the brother, James, the brother of John, his inner circle. And he cometh to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and seeth the tumult and them that wept and wailed greatly. You see, according to law, there had to be mourners. And when someone died, you say the mourners were already there? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. In fact, him being a man of prestige and having money, he had a pretty good crowd of mourners there. But according to the law, even the poorest had to have one mourner and two flute players. Can you believe that? I don't know what you play. Taps, I guess. I don't know. But Jairus, the mourners were already there. Why? Why did they show up so early? Why were they already weeping and wailing and making the 
tumult because Jairus' daughter had to be in the ground by sundown. That's why. Had to be in the ground. That was law. And notice what Jesus says. And when he was come in, he said unto them, Why make ye this ado? And weep. The damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. Here's all this rigmarole going on in Jairus' house. Mourners are weeping and wailing. And Jesus says, why are you doing all this? That damsel, that child is not dead. She's asleep. And let me stop right there and say this so you don't get the wrong idea. There is no such thing taught in the word of God about soul sleep. And what I mean by soul sleep is when a person dies, their body and their soul rests in the ground until the resurrection. Hooey, fooey. My Bible says when I die, this old body will be laid back into the earth, but my soul will go to be with the Lord. Absent from the body is present the Lord. Y'all got that? No soul sleep. Don't listen to that heresy. We are promised that death no longer has a hold on those that are in Christ. That is a promise. And death is not something that a child of God should fear. Amen. Now don't get me wrong. It's a mystery. It truly is. We've never experienced death. So we really don't know what's going to take place other than what we've been told by the word of God. And by the way, that's enough for me. This old body is going to return back to the earth. But oh, my soul is going to be in his presence. And one day I am going to receive a new body. I'm not going to be limping along. I'm not going to have any pain. I'm going to have two ears so I can hear what my master tells me. Amen. I am going to be perfect and so are you if you die in Christ Jesus. And that's what it's all about, brother. Leaving this old earth for something a lot better. Amen. So he said, hey, why are you going to all this? Listen, she's asleep. But understand, what does the Bible say? They laughed him to scorn. And people still laugh and mock him today. If they only knew what we know, Brother Ciro. They only knew. What did Jesus do? Did Jesus put up with it? No, notice what he said. And they laughed him to scorn, but when he had put them all out, I can just see Jesus. Would y'all please leave? I believe he said, get out of here. I won't tell you again. 
if you don't get out of here, all I got to do is speak. All I got to do is touch your head and your soul pop up out of your head. I said, out. They got up and they left. And then the Bible says he takes Jairus and his wife, the mother of the little damsel. And he takes the father and mother of the damsel and them that were with him, his inner circle, and entereth in where the damsel was lying. And he took the damsel by the hand and said unto her, Talitha Kumai, which is being interpreted, damsel, I say unto thee, arise. And by the way, there is another interpretation of that. Talitha Kumai. And that interpretation means the same thing, damsel, arise, but it, my little lamb, arise. Think about that. So gentle. He spoke. Arise. He didn't do this stuff that you see on TV a lot where you pop them on the head or you shake them or you do all of this kind of compel you. And he didn't. He spoke softly. Took her by the hand. Damsel. Arise, my little lamb, arise. And beloved, he still speaks softly. Praise God that he speaks. He speaks our name. You ever heard his voice? Audibly, no. But I hear his voice every time I open his precious word. And it is such a voice. Just think about this for a second. We hear his voice in his book, his word. One of these days, we're literally going to hear his voice. Can you imagine? Huh. And what happened after he spoke? And it said 30 days later, 30 minutes afterwards, no, and straightway the damsel arose. You see, that's the power of God. He spoke, grabbed her by the hand, she opened her eyes, and she was back in the world, alive. That's the power of God. And God can do the same thing. Really, this story goes along with this. We are all dead, just like that little damsel. We're dead in sins and trespasses. But when we get to Jesus, we hear the word of God proclaimed, and we hear his voice and we take him by the hand and ask him to be our savior we are made alive again we've come from death unto life and then notice 
And straightway the damsel arose and walked, for she was of the age of twelve years. And they were astonished with a great astonishment. They, in other words, their minds were blown. Uh, wouldn't you love to have witnessed something like that? <laughs> but you know what? Every time we pick up God's word, we witness it. It's in the book, but we witness it. They were astonished. And notice, he charged them straightly that no man should know it. Why? Because his time had not yet come. And then it says, and commanded that something should be given her to eat. Now, a couple things. Fathers. One. Had he not desired and loved his daughter more than his profession, she would have died. And the girl would have been separated from him and her mother. Fathers, you and I need to make sure our children are taught God loves them, God desires that they be saved, and then God wants them to walk in His way. And listen, if you and I as fathers and mothers, but I'll use you fathers today because it's Father's Day, if you and I Expect our kids to serve God and know the Lord as their Savior, then you and I need to know the Lord as our Savior and we need to lead by example because they're going to follow after us. What they see you do, they're going to do. Jesus even said, As the Father doeth, so doeth the Son. I would I don't want to use this word oh well y'all know me I would bet I don't I'm not a gambler but I would bet that his daughter Jairus' daughter never ever forgot what her father did for her all through life, even after Jairus was gone, after her mother was gone, she remembered how her father got her to Jesus. You say, well, Brother John, what does that have to do with anything? Fathers, mothers, we are to leave a legacy to our children. They are To know that we love God. And that we want them to serve God as we have served God. Think about that. Can you imagine her telling her children and her grandchildren? Let me tell you about your grandpa. 
Let me tell you about your great-grandpa. I became ill when I was 12 years old. In fact, I was so sick. Do you know I died? But your grandpa, your great-grandpa, went to find Jesus. And you know what happened? Jesus came into the house. And Jesus took me by the hand and told me, arise. Guess what? I'm living proof today that Jesus has the power to change lives. I was dead, but now I live. What a legacy. What a legacy. And one other thing. I'm going to say to you dads. You see, when Jairus found out his daughter was sick unto death, he did not worry about what Pharisees and the chief priests Or anybody else thought. You see. He had his heart. In the right place. It's all about family. His priority was his family. And folks. Men. What is your priority? Let me clue you in what it should be. And only you can answer. It should always be God. Second should be family. And thirdly, me. God first, family second. Always. That should be our priority. And we shouldn't worry about what the world thinks or our bosses, or anybody, even family. There's some family out there that don't have a relationship with the Lord, and they don't understand. But that's a priority. I said there were some things that Jairus had in his life, qualities that we should have as fathers. Our priorities. Let's pray our priorities are always right. Now, I'm going to close with this. I said it a little earlier. Jesus said, be of good cheer. In the world you're going to have much tribulation. But be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. And folks, we're going to go through some things. But listen to me, those things that we go through, if we've got Jesus, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Because he's going to give us grace to accept and to go through. And you know, we're going to grow stronger in our faith. Because we're going to trust him. 
We're going to depend on him. We're going to lean on him. And it's for our good. And I'll even throw this in. It's also for the good of others watching. How we handle an issue. You know, maybe I'm a little different bird than the average guy, but... I've seen God move too many times in the lives of his people to get all upset and crumble. Mom called me and told me about Pop. Am I concerned? Well, of course, that's my dad. I want my dad to be here in church with us. And I love him and I care for him. But I said, well, Lord, you never change. You're always the same. Lord, best I know how, I'm giving pop to you. You do what you need to do. Walked away. You see, I've seen it too many times. One thing I can assure you and I, one thing's for certain, God's will will always be done. Always. He called this morning, wished me happy Father's Day. I said, Bob, how are you feeling? Oh, I'm okay. Weak. He goes, I won't be able to go to church this morning. I said, well, God understands that. You take care of yourself. He goes, son, I'm going to be okay. Yeah, he is. God's going to answer that prayer. Either he's going to be healed physically here or he's going to be healed when God calls him home. So it's a win-win. Have faith. Is that not what Jairus teaches us? Hey, just get to the master. Going through family issues, get to Jesus. Going through financial problems, get to Jesus. Going through sickness, get to Jesus. Going through sorrow, get to Jesus. Have a disease, hey, get to Jesus. The point I'm trying to make is he is the answer. And I've said it before and it bears repeating. I'm thankful he's all we have. You say, well, why would you say that? Because he's everything. He's everything. If you're here under the sound of my voice and you've not trusted Jesus as your Savior, come to him. If you come, he will save you. Whatever you're dealing with, come to this altar and call on the Lord. He's waiting for you. He's waiting. Just call upon him. Maybe you need to do like Jairus and get a loved one that's lost and dying to him. Come to the altar. Lift them up. One more thought and I'm done. There's nothing whatsoever you and I will ever go through that he can't handle at the foot of the cross. Amen? Amen. Would you stand with me?
Father, that's the message. Thank you, Lord, for this privilege and this honor, being able to share with our fathers today, Jairus and his daughter. May we take it to heart. And Lord, may we be the fathers you've saved us and called us to be to our children. Lord, may we be mindful of how serious being a parent is. Help us as moms and dads to point our kids to you. Lord, if there's a need that needs to be met this morning, we give this invitation. May they have liberty to come. and Lord, may your will be done. So bless the invitation. Whosoever will, Lord God, we pray that they'll take of the water of life freely. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.